hurrying up. Did you help your mom find her phone? Mm, I think it was me. No. But we are doing the podcast now, so we have to pay attention. Okay, we're paying oh. attention. Well. I was right. paying attention the whole time. Sure. Alright. I welcome back to me, my parents, and Liam Neeson, where this week we had to watch we we just We enjoyed watching but we should tell him who we are. All right. Don't I'm get Dan. ahead of ourselves. I'm, I'm Dan. Carrie. Yep, Carrie. And Patrick. And this week, to get it off the list, we watch Clash of the Titans. I thought it had a different name. What did you but, think it was called? I don't know. We got to the end where the credits really are, and it said Clash of the Titans, and I honestly thought we were watching something else. All right. Clash of the Titans, a uh, 2010 film, uh, very clearly a action movie, get money from the teenagers and then run uh-huh. type of film. 2010 had the King's Speech, Inception, Toy Story 3, Black Swan. It was a very good year for good film. And this was not one of them. It not really him. There were a lot... Sam Worthington is in this one, who you will uh, recognize as being the main character of Avatar, another film that was... A little better, bit. It, it was it was better. It was it it had its fair share of we're going to do action now because we feel like it, but it also had more plot to it. Uh, when I first saw this film, I recalled speaking with uh, it was while I was in college, and a classmate of mine said he had a history teacher that went to go see this film and left halfway through. Because of the mythological inconsistencies. Which there and were he, more than two. There were more than two. A few larger than others. A few more the larger than others than two? Well, a few of the inconsistencies. <laughs> I, I want to look up really quickly when the... Because this is not the first movie entitled Clash of the Titans about this particular topic. And I wanted to double check... When the first one came out, 1981, I think the internet is telling me. 1981, Harry Hamlin. Harry Hamlin, really? Thinks that's what it's saying here. Wow. So he was Perseus. Lawrence Olivier was Ooh. Zeus. Ooh. Maggie Smith, Thetis. Oh, Dame Maggie Smith. Hephaestus, Harry Hamlin is Perseus. Yep, I mean that it it was a decent uh, lineup back then sure. for this film. Uh, they reference it ones of times with the practical effects owl. Yeah, which was in that first film, and they bring it out, and they're like, ah, we don't need that. And then they have CG for the rest of the movie. Right, right. right. <laughs> Very little practical effect. Well, there's some. Yeah. Like the boat that they ride on, but right. the upside down boat because they're in the underworld. <laughs> Anyways, I this film concerns the gods of. Sorry, turn off your ringer. We're a professional podcast. I don't even know where my phone is. I concerns the gods of Olympus having basically fallen out of favor with Greece. And the gods are not huge fans of this because apparently the more you pray to the gods, the more, the stronger they get. In much the same way that the more people believe in the tooth fairy, the more real she is. That's how that works. Yes. Just saying. It is. 
Uh, there's a, uh, in there's been multiple modern fairy tale retellings where the belief of normal people in the fairy tale causes it to be real. This is uh, very similar to clapping so that Tinkerbell doesn't die. Sure. You have to clap so that Zeus is real, basically. <laughs> and people have not been clapping, so Zeus is is getting kind of pissed. Yeah, but his suit is still shiny. He's really shiny. You say you said it was eighties. I don't know. He just looked like he was a rocker from the nineties. It was very know. shiny. It was too really? shiny. If they were trying to make it look like he was a it's god. Like and that, I mean, sure, you make them really shiny. Gods are shiny. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Apparently. I think they need more glitter. <laughs> Lots of after effects to add in Leden's flares or something. I don't know. It was very it was odd. So Cheesy. Uh, Zeus, cheesy. Zeus is played by Liam Neeson, mm-hmm. who we don't see much of because if you had a movie just about the gods, that would be really boring, Gods of Egypt. Uh, but this is... That movie is worse. Well, I don't know. There but, were horses in this movie. There were horses in this movie. Well, there no, there was horses. there was just the Pegasus. They're not real horses. Uh, I think they were real horses, and then they CGI'd. But probably. Uh, yeah. But this movie is not about Liam Neeson, unfortunately. No, it's, it's not. It's about Perseus. No. As played by Sam Worthington. So we have to do the zero to Neeson. The zero to Neeson on this one is about what ten, fifteen no, minutes. No, I don't think it was that much. I think it was, it was at least five. At least it five. was more than five, probably. Because we had to establish that the main character was rescued from the water in a box as an infant with a dead lady. Oh, wait, so he's not baby Moses. He's not baby Moses. So he's rescued from the box by an old man who in the sea. In the sea, but not from a Hemingway book. Exactly. Right. And is then brought up as a fisherman and taught that the gods are a bunch of poo-poo heads who stink and smell of farts. Wait a minute. Pretty much. Then, then after being told that the gods are poo-poo heads who stink of smell and farts, he, his dad sees enemy soldiers from another Grecian city-state tearing down the statue of Zeus, and he goes... Oh, that's a bad idea. After having said that he does not trust the gods at all. So, you know. Yeah. We, oh, wow. we, we begin the hypocrisy. Yeah. Uh, well, guess what? Then Parents ra- are all about, you know, do what I say, yeah. not what I do. Then a rampaging plot device comes and kills his family. It's not nice. <laughs> and his mom was from downtown Abbey. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. So, now we have an, uh, a main character who has been orphaned twice in his life. Yeah. Mm. So this that's is, interesting. That's doubly yeah. bad. And we start cluing in on Zeus's plan to make the mortals clap again. Ugh. He wants to make Greece great again. Yes. But wait a minute. And so, but his, but his dumb brother is there. And so he's gonna build a wall and make Hades pay for it. Uh, that's uh, bad. He says Hades historically. Good deities giving evil deities power over the world has turned out to be a good idea, so I'm going to do it again. Yeah. That was sarcasm, mm-hmm. in case you were paying yeah. attention. I was yawning yeah. then. This yeah. movie really did it to me. This was... I am, I'm sorry, podcast fans. I am falling asleep <laughs> talking about this movie. Oh, so... This is bad. If you were paying attention to internet comedy back in 2010... 
you would notice that people wanted to release Krakens, and it was because of this film. Mm -hmm. It is this film's soul-redeeming quality, (laughs) that three-word dialogue. (laughs) I kind of wish we would have, you know, we had all kinds of extra time, and we could have done the entire podcast as one-liners, one after another, and then that would have been the whole podcast, which would have been interesting, clever, and... I wish that movie had done this. (laughs) Way better than the movie. But that's for another day, yeah. I guess. So, one thing to think about storytelling-wise is if your main character is going to have within them untapped potential, you should not give it away within the first 15 minutes of the film. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. This is the reason why uh, if the Thor films are, uh, at least the good ones, worked this way. Because the first one was sort of like that and the third one was very much like this where by the end of the fi- the start of the film he started to see signs of being cooler than he currently is yeah. and by the end he has found out what he is he has embraced it and he kicks a lot of butt mm-hmm. yeah. in this film at the beginning they say hey you're the son of Zeus do with that what you will Hades out yeah, and there's yeah. no more ooh, this guy's pretty cool, how cool can he be to this film? Because now we know how cool he can be. He's the son of the best god, the shiniest god. That the makes shiniest. him the shiniest boy. <laughs> yeah. But it, I think the movie also just doesn't give a, give us human viewers any credit oh, for having no. a brain. And, and this is why This I'm is something so that we've with championed with older films that we've watched where... They believe you can pay attention to things, and in the newer films, less so. No, they just throw it at you with a loud subwoofer. Yes. Oh, there was so much subwoofer in here. Oh my goodness. Too much. Mm-hmm. Possibly. <laughs> All right. So, <clears throat> thing number one on my list of things to complain about: the Kraken is Norse. Oh, it's good. not Greek. It's Scandinavian folklore. Maybe they just re- didn't recognize it yet. In Greek times. Yeah. Now, I... Uh, <laughs> now, let's see if I can spell Charybdis correctly. Th- oh, I was going to spell it correctly. How many 13-year-old boys would know that? No. Now, Zero's numbers of them. Charybdis is the whirlpool. Where's the Scylla? Scylla is... Scylla? Scylla? Scylla. Pronounce Scylla. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of thing are you? Is this what they were thinking of? Beautiful naiad. No. It's a water thing. They're both water things. Neither of them are krakens. Anyways. Telling you. So the so that premise of the movie is mythologically incorrect. Mm-hmm. So that's and of course, correct. without it, you wouldn't have the winning line. So yeah, right, which right. is the most important the part. Kraken. I their uh, explanation of Medusa was fairly accurate. A little bit of uh, adding in bits about Athena being extra mad at her asking for help uh, when she was taken advantage of by Poseidon as Poseidon is wont to do apparently apparently but my main grudge is with how they portrayed Io uh, because I the first time I saw this film I knew a little bit about her from reading mythology books that we had in the house yeah when you were younger. Yes. Uh, then I looked it up more and was extra mad. And I haven't told you guys, because you probably don't remember, 
I don't remember. So I'm going to tell you now. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so in the film, Io it was I I sexually advanced upon by Zeus. Okay. And said, "What? No, stop." And Zeus said, ha, fooled you. Now I shall curse you with agelessness. And she went, what? Yeah. And so now she has to watch all of her loved ones die, and that's extra sad. Yeah. Uh, she is really cool and uh, is can use a bolo to cut off a scorpion tail and other neat things. Then uh, tragically dies at the very end in order to give character development to Sam Worthington. And then at the very end is brought back to life because Zeus is like, yo, you, you don't want to be a god? Well, you're going to be super lonely, so I'm going to give you the cleanest woman in existence. Yes. She is so clean. It's too, it's it's not good. So. She's not quite as shiny as Zeus. No, however. but she is very, she's, but she but she's wears, clean. she you know, ecru colored clothing and is, and her makeup is very, very. Pale. Very pale. Yeah. So, in the book, as it were, mm -hmm. in mythology, Io is a ancestor of Perseus and Hercules, who are both half-brothers and one's a great-grandfather. Don't stop. The Greek god's family tree is a circle. <laughs> Io, Io was a priestess of the goddess Hera. By the way, I'm reading off the Wikipedia page so we know it's official. Yes. <laughs> I, Zeus noticed her and did what Zeus does. You know, Apparently. sees a woman and goes, I tap that. Hubba hubba. Yes. She re she initially rejected his advances because yeah, that's, that's the right thing for That's weird. Until oracles talked to her dad and they basically said, uh, you should kick her out. Probably because Zeus told the oracles, I'll throw you at, like, I'll throw you 50 bucks if you tell this girl to get out. Oh my gosh. So, by the way, she is a priestess of the goddess Hera, a.k.a. Zeus's wife. Yep. Which is also probably the reason why she got kicked out. So then Zeus looked at her and went, oh, shit, I... Well, my wife's definitely going to see this. And turned her into a cow. <laughs> this story does not end there. Of course it doesn't, because it's mythology. So... Hera looks down and was like, okay, there used to be a girl there and now there's a cow there. I'm not stupid. Zeus, can you give me a present? And he's like, what? Yeah, sure, honey. I would like that particular cow. And Zeus says, uh, if I say no, you're going to be suspicious. So sure. So she gets, so then Hera uh, puts to guard this cow a man with 100 eyes so that Zeus could not show up and get frisky with this cow. Okay. Now it's just getting creepy. So then <laughs> Zeus goes, well, I really want to get frisky with this cow. Hey, Hermes, messenger of the gods, could you go down there and distract the heck out of him. The guy with the hundred eyes. Yes. And so Hermes is like, uh, sure, you're my boss. And I think also my dad. I don't remember that relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes down there with some pan pipes and tells him stories and makes him fall asleep. Is it like the flutophone? <laughs> yeah. 
So, then Zeus is like, sweet, I got my cow back. Hera, his wife, is like, I have a new plan and sent a gadfly to poke her and made her wander the world without rest because it just kept stinging her. And that's why uh, the path between that's why the path between the Propontis and the Black Sea is the Vosporus uh, Strait is Ox Passage. It's just yep. all. Then she met Prometheus, just hanging around. It's just the cow did. Yeah, she met (laughs) Prometheus, who is still chained up into uh, to a rock and having his liver pecked by birds because he gave fire to man. Prometheus said, hey, birds, stop pecking my liver. I need to tell this this cow something. Hey, cow, you're going to be a person again, and you're going to be the ancestor of Hercules. And she went, oh, that's good. That's so nice. And escaped to Egypt. Oh, my goodness. Where Zeus finally caught up with her and said, okay, my wife definitely can't find you now, and turned her back into a person. And then he did her, and she had a son. Mom says no. She then married the Egyptian king. (laughs) So that lived in the house that Jack built. Yes. So that's the story of the main female character of this film, and it is in. I think they got about ten words into the Wikipedia description and went, "Oh, oh, we can work with that. We can make a story out of this." Yeah. (laughs) So that's the level of artistic and sticking to the story integrity that we're working off of here. So it's not really surprising to me that the film wasn't very good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a bombastic stab fest and would have included exploding helicopters if there had been ancient Grecian helicopters. But there was an explosion. There was. It was an ancient Grecian uh, snake person. Oh, it was just bad. Because Medusa was a snake person. Well, and, and the peril scale on this one? Zeus had... Well, no, there is a little bit. Oh, he had the bad breath from somebody. Yeah, he had the, he had the he had the bad Hades breath. It doesn't count. Was he he was he threatened? No, he's Zeus. He's he was fine. threatened by humans, sort of. No, but not really. Yeah, that's like saying that you're in peril because you're standing near an anthill. Yeah, it just. Yeah. I mean, if, if and it's not fire ants; it's normal ants. <laughs> normal ants. And this just had absolutely. It just felt like. Even the peril didn't feel real to me in this movie. I was I didn't believe any of it. It just was ridiculous. You weren't you weren't feeling like the guys being attacked by giant scorpions were in peril? No. Even though they were getting stabbed by giant scorpion stingers? Nope. No peril. There was no peril there. Nope. <laughs> also only one guy got stabbed by the stinger. It's the worst scorpion I've ever seen. Okay. It's, so it's, so the peril, the, meter, Rock, the peril meter is broken today. Dwayne the Rock Johnson was a better scorpion. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm telling you. Yeah. I think there. it felt like there was more peril in Toy Story than in this movie. Well, of course there was. They got put on a conveyor belt you know being why? lowered into a trash. Because Toy Story's fictional characters, we actually you actually about felt something about them. That's true. Yeah, because this is, this movie attempted to put together a ragtag team of misfits to save the world on uh, a lonely planet. Hold on, with Obi Wan. When did Lord of the Rings happen? Film wise, go to thing is, he didn't care very much about any of them. No. Lord of the Rings, the first Lord of the Rings, 
was 2001, in case you want to feel old. Mm. So this was nine years after the first one of these. Uh, And follows a very similar put the ragtags together and get them to the end. Now, Lord of the Rings did it in a couple of different ways. One, they established the characters of them at least a little bit before putting them together. Mm -hmm. Two, they did not kill off most of them so that the one main character would live. In fact, by the third, by the second movie, they had two concurrent plots consider- mm-hmm. concerning half of the ragtag group going one way and the other half going the other way. And it's still... Actually, they had three. They had three separate plots. Right. And no one cared because they were all we were handled well. We were invested in the characters. Yeah. This one, they didn't invest us in the characters and then they killed them off to raise the stakes. Which, oh, boof. I mean, Mads Mikkelsen had a fine death. He did... He did fine. Who cares? But who cares? We're still in that who cares category. Yeah. You're like, all right. Did I? No, I did. I I didn't get the or, the orders of death correct. Yeah, I did. Mads Mikkelsen was the last one to die. I had that right. I just missed that the other old guy had died already. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I called the last three deaths in order. Mm-hmm. So proud of you. <laughs> this really makes my mom heart so happy. Hey, I'm good at tropes. <laughs> Trope expert. That's what you are. Well, I think we should watch a better movie next week. Oh, please. (laughs) The only way to go is up. There are some Again, this is not the worst movie we've watched for this podcast. Nope. We are. That's true. That movie which shall not be named. Now, I did make reference to the movie Krull, which (laughs) Mom had forgotten. I kind of had forgotten that. As in, Krull is also, look, we're going to make a ragtag bunch of people. People uh, centered around one generically attractive main character yeah. who's going to survive until the very end for sure, and everyone else is probably expendable. Inclu- we're also going to include a small group of mercenaries and a tall person who's weird and has odd mythology about them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And we're going to do it on Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Bah. Yeah. So, Next week will be better. Uh, do we need to crack out like one of the really good ones, or are we not there yet? Well, we're not going to tell the people this week. Yeah, just we need to think about it. Yeah, because yeah. we we have some that we save we have to say for emergencies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Just, uh, have have a great week. Yep. Bye. Bye.